And so yeah. there, I, there I was sitting with the guys on the team being social. One of my good friends, they started gear, like giving me the gears about being always fit and whatever. And I said, and one guy just like slapped his tummy, slaps his tummy. He said, I'm just giving in to the, the dad bod. And I don't know why, but like you, immediately it just irked me. Like, I know this guy, I've known this guy for 20 years. And he like, and I was like, no man. And I'm not gonna, no profanity here, but I'm gonna show you how this came to be. No, you, you can let it I was fly. Like, no, I was like, yo man, F the dad bod. Like, come on, you're better than this. And then he was like taken aback. Well, I left that after, another, you know, the conversation got back to being jovial and, and friendly. Yeah. Uh, I left that pop. I was like, F the dad bod. F the well, I don't want to be offensive, but I think, <laughs> it's, I think it's catchy, okay? Yeah. And so I went and I got these like t-shirts made for hashtag F the dad bod, and I gave them to all the guys on my team because uh, <laughs> it was part of the conversation, the joke. It was funny, but then I was like, wait a second, fight the dad bod. Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment, and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. All right, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Authentic Conversations. We are cranking in the midst of season two. Uh, I don't know if we're in the middle yet, but we are in such a good spot. And I do want to first start off by saying thank you guys so much. Uh, this season, we made some big changes. You know, as I've said, we've been speaking a lot more directly to men, for men, uh, and you guys have responded. We've had, we've seen significant growth uh, in engagement, uh, in listening, and I truly believe that's the result of just great conversations we're having. And I think what's been really cool about that is, is a lot of times uh, you may or may not know this, but you know the 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 tactic into podcast growth is often go find a reasonably famous or relatively famous guest, uh, have them spark growth in their audience and more people want to come and listen. And that's what gets it going. And I've just pushed against that. And instead, I've been trying to engage with, uh, I want to say the everyday guy, guys that are definitely out there doing amazing things, but they're just out there in the world doing their thing. And it's working. Again, you guys are responding and listening. So we're going to keep cranking. We're going to keep going just like we are today. And today, I'm so fortunate. I have a brother uh, that has become a colleague. He is a part of of a larger mastermind that I'm engaged into. I call him a friend. Uh, his name is Cam Hall. He's a husband, he's a father, and he's doing some amazing things uh, as the founder of uh, Fight the Dad Bod. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that too. Uh, but for right now, and I'm so jealous of people with really cool accents. Cam's got one. So what up, dude? Just let it fly. <laughs> Ryan. Hey, brother. It's good to connect with you today. It's always a pleasure. Uh, accents, I, I get that a lot lately. You know, when I'm speaking to a lot of my friends south of the border, you know, being from Canada, I hear that I have an accent. And every single person I speak to has an accent to me. You know, we, we, we were in a larger room a few months back and I joked with the guys at my table, said, you know, I think I'm the only person in this room who speaks right, like speaks correctly. So no, it was, it's good. So I, I appreciate the little bit of ribbon on that. So I love it. I love it. You're like, all you people sound so weird. And everyone's like, we sound normal, except yeah, for the fact that we were in the room with a bunch of people that were from the South. South yeah. And they definitely do have a weird accent. Now yeah, it's cool it's though. Deep. Yeah. 
Okay, dude. So I, I want to jump right in. I mean, today, because contextually it fits so well, we're going to talk uh, about this, uh, this really this initiative, this vision that you have. I try to stay kind of away from business because everybody's talking about that stuff, but this, but yep. yours really does relate so well. Uh, but I want to start off with the question that I've been starting off uh, with most of the guys this season. Uh, and it's this. So how would you describe or define manhood or what it is to be a man? You know, describing manhood, there's a lot of different messages out there. You know, I've listened to your podcast and there's a lot of guys with answers. And when I think about, hey, how do I describe manhood? What does that mean to me? And the only way I can answer this truly is some introspection. Hey, like as a man who with two young kids and a husband to a beautiful wife, like what does it mean for me to be a man? And for me to be a man means to be present, to be connected, to fulfill my roles and responsibilities uh, that are outline for me and, and, you know, in God's word to, to be there and protect them, but not only to be there to protect them, but to, you know, enable them to do more with their lives. I think so many of us, um, we reflect on our own lives and say, I want my kids and my family to have what I never had. And that that's never, I think there's parts in my journey where that's been my driving force, my why. Uh, but now I just see my kids. And I just, I just want them to be what they can be, you know, fulfill mm -hmm. their purpose, not my purpose for them, but their own purpose and God's purpose in their lives. And so when I think about what does manhood mean, it means being one responsible, being present, but also being vulnerable in knowing that, Hey, we don't have the answers all the time and asking for help when you need it. So if I say, open it up in a nutshell and say, what is manhood to me? That's, that's how I would answer that. Yeah. I love it, dude. I, you know, it's been really cool because, you know, I don't know, at this point, I'm probably 30 uh, episodes into at least recorded uh, for this season, not yet shared. And, you know, it, it, everybody has a little bit different of a flavor on, you know, on, on where they share, but I love, um, everybody so far has been so passionate and so deeply convicted, not necessarily with this perfectly articulate message, uh, which some people kind of get stumped and they try, but it's just more about like, this is what they deeply believe in. And I can see that in you. And, you know, since the time we've been connected and following each other on social, and especially you sharing a lot of experience that you've had with your kids, I can just see that. And so I, I love that. Not only do you say it, but you live it. I appreciate so, that. So, uh, so has this always been uh, kind of a, a part of your belief system uh, around what it means to be a man? What was there something that was that like inherited or gifted to you uh, as you were growing up, or, or or was there something along the way that really kind of created this desire in you to live this way? Oh, well, it's been a journey. It's been a journey for me. I think about growing up in a home where, you know. Close with my mom, close with my dad. You know, had a good family, um, but my dad, he he has worked hard. He worked hard to provide for our family. He, which meant there's a lot of times that dad was working, yeah. right? Uh, but one thing I realized, my dad is like we lived in a small town outside a major city called Calgary, Alberta. So Calgary, and we were outside about an hour and fifteen. And dad worked in Calgary, so he would drive in and out every day. So when you think he was gone before we woke up. And then after school, like he was late and we were typically at, you know, sports practices or something, mm -hmm. you know, dad worked hard to provide for a family. So did my mom, uh, my mom worked super hard. Uh, but one thing I'll always remember is my dad never missed a game. 
Okay. He never missed, he never missed a school play or a game or a tournament. He was always there. And so I knew all along that my dad loved me and he would sacrifice whatever he needed to for my brothers and I. And then as I grew older, you know, we went through a pretty traumatic experience as a family. Uh, my mom was diagnosed with cancer, multiple myeloma in 2003, uh, 2002, sorry, June, 2002. And that year was tough on us, but it was through that experience, you know, where they had given mom six months to eight months to live. She was in renal failure on dialysis, 40 years old. And we were just like, shocked. You know, I was out at university playing basketball. Uh, I had a younger brother who's just graduating high school, another brother who's in grade nine at that time. And so we were pretty spread apart and we weren't like all together as a family unit. We had like, I was on doing my thing and my brothers were doing their thing. Uh, but that experience was tough on our family. And I saw part of my dad come out through that process. And over the next several years that I hadn't seen when I was a kid, I saw my dad start to shift his role from being the guy who just worked hard and was the provider to the guy who's worked hard and was the provider, but was also present, who was connected, who did anything he needed to do for my mom, who did anything he needed to do for us, who was there to connect and who I can only imagine. We haven't had this conversation, my dad and I, and one day we will that, you know, what was that process like for him? Because, you know, his, his, they were high school sweethearts, you know? And so that, that one love that he had in his life and started a family with like was in jeopardy, like what was going to happen um, now? Praise God. My mom went into remission. She had a full stem cell transplant and went into remission and my mom passed away, but she passed away in October of 2015. So we had 13 years more with my mom that we were blessed with. And she got to see marriages and grandchildren and trips to Hawaii and all of it. And she loved it. And, you know, I think about watching my dad as a man go through that, watching us now as young men who had our own families and how we interacted with that situation. And so as I began, started asking myself, like, what kind of father do I want to be? What kind of husband do I want to be? How do I want to leave a legacy in my kids? You know, how can I take what my dad taught me about hard work and intensity and being present and finishing what you started and doing a good job and that, that type of stuff that's very valuable to him? Like, what can I take from that? And then the parts that he didn't openly express to us, but we just saw Mm. being there for my wife's name is Kim. So how am I going to be there for Kim through thick and thin better for worse and support her? How am I going to be there for Maya, my daughter and Braylon, my son, you know, better for worse and support them and still understand that I can be strong, but I can also be vulnerable. I'd never seen emotion from my dad before. I'd seen some anger emotion from my dad growing <laughs> up, <laughs> but, uh, but I hadn't seen like the, the soft vulnerable side of emotion from my dad growing up. Um, it wasn't until I was probably, you know, but I, oh, 26, 27 years old. I saw my dad cry for the first time, you know? And wow. so like when mom was going through this, like it just became more human and manhood didn't become this thing to aspire to and this thing you had to do and, and be rough and gruff around the edges. Like if, if you saw my brothers and I lined up right now together, you would say, you guys are brothers. Like you just like, we are so different. And I'm the only one who can't grow facial hair. So that whole, <laughs> that, that whole, 
that whole gruff, rough look of manhood, it just doesn't suit me. Hey, like, like I could grow forever and I'm not going to get the full sweet beers <laughs> that my brothers have. Um, but you know, that, that imagery of manhood, that masculinity part of it wasn't really like, like pounded into us. It was, mm. here's the responsibilities follow through. That's manhood. If you say something, that's what you do. That's manhood. That goes back to when I was a little kid. I'll tell you a little story here. Appropriate, but kind of funny. Hey, my dad, one of my learning lessons in my life follow through. I was just like, there's this kid picking on us at school. And I was little and, and I little, like I was 13 years old. And I said, yeah. And I, I got mad. And I said to him, if you do that again, I'm going to punch you. And they did it again. And I ran home and my dad pulled me aside. He was so mad at me. And he just said, listen to me, Cam. If you say, if you do that again, I'm going to punch you. And they do it again. You punch them. Like <laughs> It was like that, right? But it was like you, and the point of that wasn't, he wanted me out fighting people. Mm -hmm. The point of that is like, Hey, you need to be a, you need to stand up for yourself, yeah. but you also need to be a man of your word. And this went for everything. Like if you say you're going to do this in your job, you do it. If you promise this to someone, you follow through. And then come my late twenties, when I saw dad, you know, navigating this complexity of with my mom and see the emotion come out and then growing in my own family at that time with my two little kids at that time, I was just say, like, man, I can do this, right? I can be the emotional father who loves on my son and kisses him on in public on the head and, you know, wrestles with my daughter and is like rough and gruff. With her. Like, I can be that guy and still be the guy who's going to do what I said I'm going to do. Right. Yeah. Who's going to, who, who's going to be there. So I, I think circling back to your question, is it something that was instilled in me or just like indoctrinated in me? Perhaps a little bit, mm -hmm. but it's been in my journey in, in the ups and downs and the complexities that we've, we've gone through and the growth that I've personally gone through. I think I've been able to develop my own, my own sense of manhood. I'm sure Braylon, he's seven now, but I'm sure Bray in his lifetime is going to create his own sense of manhood as well. And I just hope that the messaging that I'm giving him is going to be that messaging that's going to be inspiring to him, positive to him, and it's going to set him off on the right path. I mean, man, just so so much power, um, both in the funny, but you know, such a such a serious you know statement your dad made to you, and and you know, fulfilling on on your word uh, by punching somebody in the mouth. I just I love that. Uh, <laughs> he'll listen to this, and he'll be like, "I don't think I said that." You know, he said, he said dad, it. I did. If we had social media, we would have it up right now. Um, <laughs> But then too, I mean, I, I really, I, I think back and, and part of this, I guess, is because I can relate to, um, you know, you not seeing your dad cry until, you know, until this moment. And, um, you know, it was like for the first time, and it sounds like, you know, obviously you looked up to your dad, you loved your dad, mm -hmm. you guys had a good, you know, good family dynamic. And, yeah. and yet it was almost like, without knowing it, you were waiting for permission from your dad to be vulnerable, mm. but your dad never verbally gave you permission. It was just something that was demonstrated to him. And, and I think about, you know, the, the impact that we have definitely as uh, husbands and obviously as fathers in our ability. But I, but I also think, and this is something that I really haven't 
we haven't dove too deep into, but I think about the state of the world we live in today and with the distortions of manhood, with just the complete disillusion to manhood. And I just think about the opportunity that we have to, you know, in, in kind of the cheesy phrase, lead by example mm-hmm. and use those moments as opportunities to to be manly men in, 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 in a host of different ways and give people permission to do that. Like, do you, uh, and maybe this is part of where kind of what you're doing professionally comes into play, but do you feel like there are a lot of men that are kind of internally groaning to be the men that they've been created to be? And yet they come to you and they're just kind of like looking permission to do the things that they're already inclined to do. I think there's a lot of men right now who know where they want to be or think that they know where they want to be. Mm. And there's something that's dragging them back. And whether that's, that's doubt, maybe it's just a sense of not knowing. Maybe they didn't have someone in their life that was an inspiration to them to, to be a certain way as a man. I, if I circle back, my mom had a lot to do with me becoming a man too, right? And so I think right now we see a lot of men who are struggling and taking the next step forward, or they take so much time in taking that next step. They, they overprocess, they doubt, they, they just don't, they're not quite sure. So they're not going to take action because they fear the ramifications and the results of that. And so if I was to, you know, give a metaphor for this, it'd be like, have, have you ever run track? You're on track or, or train for sports. We have the parachute behind you and you're like sprinting oh, yeah. and, and it's holding you back and you're sprinting hard and you're moving forward, but there's something that's dragging you. It's not holding you back. You're still making progress, but it's definitely slowing you down. I think right now there's a fear men have that's that parachute. It's holding them back. It's slowing them down. So I think a lot of guys might may get to where they want to be eventually, but not at the rate that they truly are designed to get there. Hey. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, shedding this doubt, shedding this insecurity, um, shedding the outside world's idea of who you need to be as a person. We are told all the time through social media, you brought it up like through social, through our email, through media, you know, I don't know how many, many of us watch TV anymore, but you know, like cable TV, but like these types of things. And even in our communities, we see a kid at the pool with his dad and he's acting a certain way. Like, Oh, I need to be that way. No, you need to be you. And so you need to step into who you are and fulfill your purpose. And you need to be as fit as you need to be. And you need to be present for your family. And if the whole world shuts you out, you could still be the best man you could be. So I think guys are just too much information and too much, you know, indoctrination of what society thinks a man should be. And just be confident in yourself and, yeah, and know that you have, you have the potential. You just got to cut the strings on that parachute, man, and just get going. That's so good. That's so good. Well, and I think, and and again, because you, you use the word dad bod, like one thing that has been Mm. for some reason bothering me more than it has in a really long time is, you know, as we think about society and we think about men and women, uh, this is not going to be popular when I say this, but it is what it is. Like, you know, most men don't, would not be attracted to or or would not desire to be with a woman that did not physically take care of herself, right? Um, obviously, we know that 
everybody is built differently and not everybody is going to look exactly the same, but no, no man would be like, yeah, I, I don't care if my wife lets herself go or not, they, they, you know, or, or girlfriend or whatever. Like we all desire that. And, and, and then we have grace for age and babies and all kinds of other things. But on the other side, it's so fascinating to me because those same guys that are, would almost always desire for a woman to be in caring for herself physically is we we also live in this culture i don't know about in canada but definitely in freaking america where like the quote unquote dad bod is celebrated it's like yeah i've got a beer belly or yeah like i'm out of shape and that's the cool thing to do and it drives me absolutely insane for a million different reasons but i think one of them and the reason i brought this up other than the fact that you use part of that you know part of that in your in your program but it's it's i think that there it, there's also a need for people to be out there telling guys what they should not be doing mm -hmm. and and i know that's dangerous but it's like you can't continue to do certain things or be a certain way if you are going to truly live as the person you've created to be. But when I just let you continue to, to swim in the mud, um, you know, it, it, it's never going to turn out well for you. So do you, do you feel like as you are engaging in these conversations with men out there that you're also needing to be clear about what it doesn't mean to be a man or what it, you know, what, 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 what is not to do um, as they're out there pursuing being a husband, being a father, being a leader in the community, in their business, whatever? You know, I think the best way to, to answer, I think that's a great question, is to share a little bit of where Fight the Dad Bod just originated, just really yeah. quick. No, I'm, you know, you know, I love it. It was, you know, coming out of a situation in my life where I had a really negative relationship with food, where my desire to be fit and healthy was super shallow. It was because of appearance based. It was because I wasn't secure in my own manhood and my own identity that I always identified it as Cam, the athlete, Cam, the fit guy, Cam, this, that's who people knew me as. And I thought I had to live up to it. And so it was coming out of that season in my life where I had struggled immensely with my health. I may have looked good, but I felt terrible. Mm. My mentality was really poor. It, it taxed my, my marriage at that time. Uh, then we had kids and I wasn't able to keep it up. And so I've been programmed so long that, that that was who I was and who I was supposed to be. That when I had kids and I couldn't keep up this five days in the gym or six days in the gym and the pre-portioned meals and all this, I couldn't keep that up, obviously, because you know <laughs> me, nothing is the same after kids. No. Um, and I put, started to put on weight. It played like, and I put on like 28 pounds in six months. So it played really poorly with my head. Other people thought Cam's bulking, which wasn't the case. I'd never, done I'd, I'd never done that before in my life. That's like not my style. Um, but emotionally, um, my value as a man, I, I, I started to like regress. Um, it was really discouraging for me at that time yeah. until I, then until I found out what, you know, about blood sugar stabilization and da, 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 and that's how we get into fight the bad blood. But it was, I started to figure it out. And, and I was like, man, I need to share this with other guys. And here's the ironic part about this with fight the dad bod. I was, it was after a men's league basketball game. I was sitting in a pub with the guys on my team. 
And we were sitting there having a beer and nachos. Hey, <laughs> says, says the, says the nutrition coach, but no, really, you gotta live, your, you gotta live your life. And so yeah. there I, there I was sitting with the guys on the team being social. One of my good friends, they started gear, like giving me the gears about being always fit and whatever. And, and I said, and one guy just like slapped his tummy, stops his tummy. He said, I'm just giving in to the, the dad bod. And I don't know why, but like you, immediately it just irked me like i know this guy i've known this guy for 20 years and he, like and i was like no man and i'm not gonna no profanity here but i'm yeah. gonna show you how this came to be no you, you can let it I was fly like, no i was like yo man f the dad bod like come on you're better than this and then he was like taken aback well i left that after another you know the conversation got back to being jovial and, and friendly yeah. uh i left that pop i was like f the dad bod, f the well, I don't want to be offensive, but I think it's, <laughs> I think it's catchy. Hey. Yeah. And so I went and I got these like t-shirts made for hashtag F the dad bod. And I give them to all the guys on my team. Uh, Cause it was part of the conversation, the joke, it was funny, but then I was like, wait a second, fight the dad bod. Mm. Like let's fight the dad bod. And, that, and it's not about sure. Okay. It is about the body. It is about nutrition and fitness and weight loss. Yeah. It's about the body. But it's about health. It's about mm. physical health and mental health. It's about a state of being. It's a state of mind. It's a commitment to putting your health first, knowing that you can prioritize the things that matter in your life, your wife, your kids, your job, all of it. You can prioritize those things and still make your health a priority because without your health, you have nothing. Mm. And so when you think about men in general, we like anybody, human beings in general, but let's talk about men. What are we motivated by? We are motivated by acceptance. We're motivated by status. And, and somebody out there is listening. So I'm not motivated by status. Sure you are. Like the guy who's driving the new car. Why? Status. The guy who got the new job and wants to tell all his friends. Why? Status. The guy who just lost 10 pounds doing what he needed to do. And he's sharing with people and feels he's kind of embarrassed to share with people. But when they say, hey, you look good status, right? These are all things and it's not bad, but when you think about acceptance and status, you can get it two ways. You can, you can achieve those things doing what you know is right. What's going to be best for your body, best for your family. So you can live fit, healthy, fulfilled with your family, or you can do it in a way that is acceptance, which is just like, I'm going to stay where I'm at. And so when this narrative about the dad bod becoming sexy, quote unquote, there's like articles years ago on that and how it's like the in thing. Nothing is in or sexy about being unhealthy. Right. And so when you look at how the dad bod, quote unquote, when we talk about dad bod, here's typically what I'm, I'm talking about. The guy is probably you've seen or they've done the survey. They've hit somebody's like clickbait and they've gone through the survey and they found out they're skinny fat. Hey, so they're, you know, they they were always kind of in shape, but now they got the midsection belly. Like that's one dad bod. But then there's also the guy who's just like, you know what? And this is a lot of the men I work with and they do amazing things in their life. They're like, you know what? I've always just been a little bit overweight and people have always judged me on that. I've always tried to be healthier, but I don't know what to do. I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I'm disgusted when I look in the mirror and I feel stuck. So there's two camps here. There's the guys who have been trying and just don't have the knowledge and don't know how to apply it, which I love working with those guys. And then there's the guys who are like, ah, uh, yeah, I'm going on vacation in three weeks. And I kind of want to get rid of this gut. Like I will work with those guys, but they're not as driven as the men who see health as their purpose. You know, know your why, aim for growth and take ownership are keys in our program. You got to have a strong why. That's cliche, but it's true because without it, you're going to fall off. You know, you got to aim for growth every step you're going to take one step forward. So 
Every step you take, if you make an improvement, that 1%, that's a status builder. That's acceptance. That's encouragement. And then you got to take ownership. And, you know, I just read a book. It says accountability isn't punishment. You know, accountability is taking ownership. And so when people come to me or come to our coaches, it's not because they want accountability and me to like yell at them. It's because they want me to help them take ownership over their journey. Now, I know this is a long-winded answer, no. but to circle back to what you were saying, I think guys right now are giving into the dad bod, men, the dad bod physically and the dad bod mentality saying, you know what, that's okay. This is what society expects me to do. Go to work, nine to five, come home, have a beer, be too tired to play with my kids on the grass. You know, maybe I can't cut the grass now because I'm too tired when I get home from work. Maybe I'll sit down, binge watch Netflix till 11 o'clock and hit the repeat tomorrow morning after I get up and I go to a job that I have no energy for. I'm hitting the two o'clock lull, like all these pieces. And then they, they get to a certain point where their kids get more active and they're like, ah, I, I, I got to be there. Like, I can't go out and throw the ball with my son for 20 minutes or, or, or play hoops with my kid. Or I don't know if you saw my story yesterday, but over the next, like th we ski. And so like the next three days, we're going to be at the mountain skiing. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't do those things if I didn't take care of myself. And I want men all over taking care of themselves. Does that mean you have to look shredded and have a six pack and be 8% body fat? Hell no. That's not what it means. It means you're, you need your body to perform at its best. And the only way to find out what its best is, is to actually attempt to get there yeah. and not, and not give in to what society is telling you is, is, better for you. Let's go back to the definition of manhood. You can't let society tell you what manhood is. You got to come into that on your own, in your own experience. You can't let society and what you're seeing on social tell you what your healthy is. Like you can bring people in uh, like myself, like following your stuff on Instagram, like to tell you, like, here are the steps you can't, you could take, or you can take to get there. But the only true way to do it is to dive into a meaningful purposeful conversation where you can really identify, Hey, what does healthy look like for me? So, yeah, that, that's good. Okay. So th there was one thing in there that I would love to hear uh, you kind of um, uh, just kind of expand upon, because I think it's helpful. Um, so, because I deeply believe in it, I just want to hear kind of your thinking around this. So you talked about, you know, you need to have a why in there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there are a significant number of opportunities for us to pursue goals. Um right professionally, financially, personally, from a health and fitness perspective, they're all there. When they're not attached to a why, right? Th those are the ones that are absolutely the most difficult to achieve if almost damn near impossible. So yeah. when somebody comes to you and you know they, they've seen your stuff uh, online, and, and I love the fact, Cam, like uh, there's no getting around, like you're a good looking dude. You are in really good shape. Um, so, you know, and I know you, you're very passionate about taking care of yourself. Uh, again, like you are modeling what it means to be a good father and a good husband, uh, you know, so, so that's all there. So, so they're attracted into these things. So they see that and they're like, okay, this guy, he's got to know what he's talking about. Like he, he's showing it to us. And so they're, they're maybe even initially attracted by that. And so they come in and they're like, Hey, you've done it. I can do it too. So how do you help them bring out their own why? Uh, because like, 
their initial excitement around you did it so I can do it too. And that's going to last like 32 seconds and it's gone. Absolutely. And so how do you help draw that out of them, especially when it relates to health and fitness? And I know you do a lot more than that, but I think that's an important one because um, some people have a hard time attaching kind of personal internal passion, motivation, and desire to this outworking of being healthy and, and physically fit, mentally fit too. Yeah, those are powerful conversations. So if somebody comes into our program, first before we we have to decide if they're fit, right? Like what is your driving focus? And so I want to know your why even before we even start. Hmm. And maybe we're not a fit together to work together. But in that moment where we chat, my goal is you are going to get clear on your why. You're going to get clear on what you need to do. So whatever direction you go, you can take that with you. And it often comes out of the pain points guys have. That's how we get to it. And it's a hard conversation, but it's a meaningful conversation. You know, guys will share with me, I want to lose 25 pounds. Yeah, great. So does 90% of the population. But <laughs> yeah. what, like, what, make, what makes you different? And like, what makes your journey different? Why do you want to lose it? Well, I, you know, I just, I don't feel that I can do what I want to do. I, my clothes aren't fitting differently. You know, my clothes that I used to wear, they're super tight. I can't do it. Um, I'm at work. My job is stacking shelves. I run out of gas before the end of the day. I just can't keep up. My son, he's seven years old. He's a maniac and he has more energy than I know what to do with. And I feel that I just can't be the dad I want to be with him all the time. And, and when my wife needs me at the end of the day, I'm just have no focus. And I just, I can't be present with her and it's hurting our relationship and at work. I'm not, and, and they go on. And then I'll, I'll ask, and if you're listening to this and you and I end up talking on a call one day, I'm going to ask you this question. And it's a weird question for one guy to ask another guy. You're in the shower. You get out of the shower, you look in the mirror, you're all alone. What do you think? And guys will be like, whoo, guys will be like disgusted. I'm disappointed. And like, like I'm embarrassed. Like these are powerful things for a man to say, hey, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So when somebody says, oh, I'm disgusted or disappointed, I'm like, tell me why. Like, why is that? Because I always thought that I could be better and I want to be better. And I look at this and it's just a, a reminder of me not making priorities and letting myself go and letting the things that I wanted to do drop off. I'm like, ah, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. We're getting to the why. So you want to lose weight. So you have all these things, sleep better, have more energy, manage stress differently, look better. Of course, feel your clothes feel better. But the real purpose here is what? Well, we go back to that status and and acceptance piece is guys aren't really looking for the acceptance of other people. They're looking for themselves to accept where they're at. Mm. You know, so they just say, I just want to be better. Like I want to be where I thought I would be now at 40. You know, I turn 41 next month and I'm just like, well, 40 doesn't feel like 40. I thought was going to feel, but for some guys, 30 feels like the 40 they thought and they don't understand why. And so, you know, for guys to get into that, why conversation, um, every guy is different. Every, every one of us will have a different driving purpose. And so it's just take some vulnerability, some hard conversations. Yeah. So maybe, uh, you know, there's, there's been so many great things that we've chatted about already, but I think one of the things I'm always listening when I'm talking to people just for just these underlying kind of, you know, things that are happening. And I just think that it is unbelievable to me to think about 
and I hate to say it this way, because I know that these are like such hard experiences, but, you know, you shared about the fact that, you know, your mom was diagnosed with cancer, mm. obviously, you know, ultimately passed away. And when we, when we wonder why things like that happen, um, when we all go through our own, uh, our own tragedies, some unfortunately, maybe even worse, some quite not as bad, but you know, they're all right. so deep to us. And we're always asking these questions, like, you know, why? And, and I think one of the most unbelievable things that I heard was, like, had that not happened to your mom, mm -hmm. you maybe never would have seen your dad cry. Nope. And if you would have never seen your dad be vulnerable, would you really have ever learned to be vulnerable? And mm -hmm. if you had not been vulnerable and learned to be would you have ever been able to come to the place where you were able to ask another guy right. to be vulnerable enough to ask themselves a question like that? And it's just, it's incredible to me to think about, again, many different reasons, many different ways that I'm sure that that's affected and impacted your life, but like, what a gift. And that is so hard to say because it hurts so bad, but like, what a gift that you have been given and are now able to give to other people as the result of that experience that you went through. And I just think that's unreal. Yeah, it's powerful, right? It's, you know, there's times I'll sit in reflection and be like, why am I so passionate about this? Mm. You know, I think about the passion that, you know, my mom had for, for us as a family and my dad, you know, the passion he has. And then seeing other people struggle, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest too. You know, I've seen my dad struggle with his health, you know, so um, trying some things that he got great results on and then it all kind of falls away. And I want my dad to be healthy. I want him to be grandpa and be around for a long time. And then I, I see my friends struggle. And so then I was like, you know what, what was it? And I'm still trying to figure it out, but what was it that my parents instilled in me and that experience instilled in me that told me that I didn't need to be Cam the fit guy? that told me that I didn't need, that wasn't my purpose. My purpose wasn't to look good in the gym. My purpose wasn't to be able to pick up heavy things and put them down. Like that wasn't my purpose. My purpose was to pick like, yeah, maybe some heavy things, but the heavy bags that men are carrying and let them know that, Hey, you're not alone, that there's people here to support you, that when you need someone to turn to, and you're like, I can't have my wife be my accountability partner because she loves me too much. She's seen me do this before. She see, she's seen me try and fail. And so she, I, I can hold you accountable, but babe, it's okay. You're trying hard, like different, right? So I found that through all those experiences, like being able to reflect on my own purpose of really helping men take that next step. You know, we got lots of things going on, both you and I, but, you know, some of the things I see and, and I envision is just this movement of men, you know, wanting to make a difference and men who are living a life on purpose and with purpose. But to get there, you have to take care of yourself first. And then I'm like, how do I help men take care of themselves? Well, this is how I do it. I have the knowledge. I have the experience. You know, I have I have this opportunity to share what I know with the world and lead with value. And then my hope and prayer is that then that would then inspire someone else to do the same for the people in their community. Right. That's so amazing, man. I, I, th this is why, you know, we had a conversation, uh, and it was just immediately clear, uh, that we had to go deeper into this because, you know, these are the things that 
people in general, but absolutely men need to hear and we have the opportunity to give. I love that, you know, you, I, I've never heard you say, and I know you would never say, just knowing what I know about you, I've got it all together. I've got it all figured out. So just copy me and, and, and you're going to yeah. live the life of your dreams. It's like, I've experienced the things I have to give everything that I can to you in order for you to do the same thing. And I love that that's happening. Again, I love that you are, you know, it's not just about the business. It's not just about your own personal status. You know, it's about, you know, the opportunity that you have to pass that along to your kids who I know are little and are growing and uh, to your wife and to so many other men. And it's just, it's awesome to watch, dude. And I just, I love, love, love that you're that passionate about it. I mean, I think that I wish that far more men were passionate about something, forget this thing, just something, something because the world could be impacted in such a greater way. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, um, this was so good, man. I mean, I just, again, I, I love where it's going. Um, I, I think that there's so much more ahead for you. And I know you have huge vision and huge plans for the future. Um, uh, my last question is actually a two-part question. And mm -hmm. I lied and said I only had one rehearsed question. There's another one that's <laughs> started really kind of like coming to mind for me lately. Uh, and I've just been asking it in a, in, in a variety of different ways, but I'm really interested to hear. So what do you want, what would make you most happy or proud mm. to hear your kids say about you? Now we're in the future. Hey, sure. You get to choose. Um, How about I, now? Now, you know, my daughter's nine, my son is seven. And so I say to my son every day, uh, Hey buddy, like, how you doing? Hey, have I told you today that I love you? Oh, dad, I know. <laughs> That's good. I love it. You know, like that, he, that they both know that I love them yeah. unconditionally and that, that they can communicate that with the people around them, uh, that it's okay for my dad to love me in public. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what I, that's what I want, you know? So I want my kids to, to say about me that, Hey, my dad loves me. Um, yeah, my dad works hard, but he works hard for us. And you know, my dad loves my mom. He takes care of our family. That's what I want a seven and nine year old to say. And then, you know, when they're 19 and 21, that they say, <laughs> you know, my dad loved me. He was hard on me at times, you know, he let me struggle. And through that struggle, he helped me grow and he helped me be able to make decisions for myself. I love him for that. I'm frustrated at him for that. Um, but I, I, I'm where I am as a young adult right now, because my dad made, uh, made it a little bit tough on me. So, so good. Yeah, that's so good. All right. I, I think that lands it. I mean, I, I just think that that, that, that's such a great connection point to where we started and, you know, this quick uh, journey of conversation that we've been on. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm praying for and hopeful for so much more, more for you, Cam. Like I, I know that again, you have big, crazy visions for the future and I'm confident that you just keep at yeah. this and there's just no way it stops. So yeah, thanks for that. sharing that. Like, I love the, the big smile and the, and the huge heart that you have in doing it. It's super inspirational and uh, yeah, it's just, it's awesome, man. So thank you. Well, thank you. Appreciate you taking the time. You know, it's about the holiday season. So I wish you all the best and, and thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to speak.
Yeah, no, for sure. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. As always, we'll make sure to put contact information for Cam in the show notes. Uh, Reach out to him if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, ideas, I guess. Hit him up. I'm sure he'll take them all. Uh, You know where to find me. You can do that any way that you want. In the meantime, be you, be happy, be authentic. Peace. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com slash podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.